Did you pick teaching? Was that something you always wanted to be? That was something I've known since I was in first grade, actually, because my kindergarten teacher was fabulous. My first grade teacher was fabulous. I would go home. I had a chalkboard in my basement. I would write the schedule on the board <laughs> just like my teachers did, and I would teach all my stuffed animals and toys. Welcome to another episode of the Interesting People podcast. Today, I'm joined by Stacy Lynch. You're a first grade teacher, right? Yes. So first grade, what's that like? It is so much fun. I had taught second grade for three years and then third grade for a year before I moved down to first, and that's where I want to stay. Did you pick teaching? Was that something you always wanted to be? That was something I've known since I was in first grade, actually, because my kindergarten teacher was fabulous. My first grade teacher was fabulous. I would go home. I had a chalkboard in my basement. I would write the schedule on the board (laughs) just like my teachers did, and I would teach all my stuffed animals and toys. Oh, that's incredible. (laughs) Oh, that's so much fun. So you had that in your head growing up. Did you try to get teacher's placements in high school or stuff like that? I did. I started off working at camps when I was in eighth grade doing community service hours. And then from senior year of high school on, I worked at camps for like nine years. Also, after graduating college, I did four and a half years of college. So when I graduated in January, I had a half a year where I was just subbing for Montgomery County Public Schools. And I was working at a preschool for full day three-year-olds. That's an entirely different beast. It was, especially this particular one. The parents dropped them off at 7 a.m. And sometimes the kids didn't get picked up until 6. And you could tell which kids those were because of their behavior. So they really needed a lot of extra love and attention. So your teacher's placements then while you were in school, how much did they bounce you around? So I went to Towson specifically for their education program. We had these placements within the elementary school, but we had to switch back and forth between upper elementary and lower elementary. When I did my full-time student teaching, I did third grade for half the year, which I loved. And actually the teacher I worked with, he inspired me to go for technology in my master's program, which I did. And then I had my placement in first grade because that's what I really wanted. Our supervisor took into account where we wanted to be placed. She had us list the grade levels we wanted to work with, so she did our best to accommodate us. Do you kids call you Miss Lynch, Miss L? Mrs. Lynch. Mrs. Lynch. I have a student that from last year that comes back to visit me every single day, and she walks in my room. She's like, Lynchy! <laughs> it just cracks me up. She adores me. A bunch of my kids, every year, once they're in second grade, because they're still on the same level, and they all go past my room, they come in and give me hugs and everything just to check in. Do you have like a, a trademark kind of thing? Like, I still remember my third grade teacher was way into wolves, and I'll never forget that about it. Do you do something where it's like, I'm in to Dr. Seuss. Do you have like a characteristic that your kids remember about you? The past couple of years, it's been hockey, actually. Oh, okay. So last year, it started off totally random. We were doing a science lesson on force and motion, and I was showing them a video clip about force and motion, and I paused it, and I compared what they said in the video to hitting a hockey puck. Now, my kids don't have a lot of background knowledge on (laughs) hockey. With them, it's more soccer and football. So they're looking at me like I have three heads. They're like, what? So I showed them a hockey clip of my favorite player, TJ Oshie, Washington Capitals, and pun very much intended. They were hooked on hockey after that. And they wanted to learn about hockey every single day. They decided we were going to incorporate hockey into our project. And so my students teamed up with a fourth grade class 
and made a hockey movie last year, which we showed to almost every single class in the school. And parents came, and I reached out to the Caps community. So Joe Beninati and Al Koken came, the on-air announcers for the Caps. Oh, that's awesome. So it was awesome. And I emailed the video to Ted Leonsis. He sent me a letter and a box of about 20 Washington Capitals t-shirts. So I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Did Brian know that you're a big Caps fan? He's yes, like, oh, she's good he people. Does. Oh, how big of him. How big of him. <laughs> yes, Brian knows and Tim Robinson and I always Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah. You guys are part of the crew. So multimedia, that's something I'm kind of curious about. When I went to elementary school, there were still typing classes to Mm -hmm. a degree. You had to practice your typing. So I don't know how big of a thing that is right now. But how much has tech really, even at first grade level, has that gotten involved in schooling? So I'm a big techie. My master's was in educational technology. And one of the programs we use is called Active Inspire. We create flip charts, which is pretty much a glorified PowerPoint presentation. Mm -hmm. But you can manipulate the different things in the flip chart and it's supposed to be used to enhance the lesson not just to showcase the different points and everything like that so i loved it so much that i actually taught the promethean classes for the county for three summers until they got rid of the technology department so i use a lot of flip charts with my kids to enhance the lessons for them i do it sometimes whole group sometimes i'll show it to them whole group but then they can go up independently and work on it. It's just an awesome way for them to learn because kids these days, they need that hands-on experience. Mm -hmm. So if they can manipulate something on the board, that makes it even better for them. So everybody throughout the county has these flip charts and all the first grade teachers throughout the county share flip charts with everyone, which is great, but I'm a perfectionist. (laughs) So I have hundreds of flip charts on my external hard drive that I've been going through for about two summers now and fixing them. Because some of them, they just made it, hey, this is going to be like a slideshow. And I don't like that. I'm not going to use it if it's like a slideshow. And also, there's a way to lock down objects so that they don't move. Some of the objects on the page, they're supposed to move and some aren't supposed to move. Okay, I can imagine kids are going to just be grabbing and trying to drag anything they can get away with. Also, with shapes and things like that, if you're not careful, you can make it so much bigger. Is tech learning, especially at earlier ages, really important? Because I think a lot of the standardized testing nowadays is done on computer, isn't it? Yes, and starting Starting in second grade, they get a class set of Chromebooks. So second through fifth grade all have Chromebooks for their kids. We do try to do a lot of technology lessons. They do need to learn how to type. They have to, but I remember taking a typing class in sixth grade. And my kids are amazed when they see me typing and I look away to go look at them and I'm still typing and everything's still accurate on the screen. (laughs) They're like, So I feel like that's one of the weird kind of gaps that just happened where it's like, we're probably around the same age. So growing up, you're like, oh, everyone's getting better at technology. Everyone's doing this kind of thing. And then around like, I don't know, like seven or eight years ago, because of cell phones and social media, Mm -hmm. people stopped learning how to do web programming, how to embed things properly. And also they started thumb typing instead of keyboard typing. So I feel like there was like a regression in skills that we may need to like double back. That is one of my biggest pet peeves is <laughs> talking in Facebook lingo, writing in Facebook lingo, and then when they don't know the difference between there, there, and there, your and your, they're okay with the two, two, two. Kind of double back multimedia in a way, too. So the kids made a movie. Mm-hmm. Is that something you're seeing pop up more as like a project? Because everyone now, we all carry around a video camera that can edit video. They wrote the script. They created the scenery everything. I videotaped it because we were running short on time and I did the editing 
I went through it so many times. I was like, okay, I need to take a break before I look at it again. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any kids in particular that love that experience that were like, oh, I want to be an actor or I want to make movies or any of that? Actually, I had a student who got so into the hockey project, he's now taking hockey lessons and he wants to be a goalie when he grows up. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yes. What's one of the main reasons you want to stay at first grade? They don't give me attitude. Ooh. <laughs> Plus, I'm on the short side, and so the fifth graders are all taller than I am. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I like to be with my little people. Plus, I can still fool them from time to time, play little jokes on them here and there. What kind of subject matters do you go over at first grade? Is it a lot of addition, subtraction, or is it mostly focusing on test taking at this point? Prior to this year, we were kind of low on assessments and focused more on, yes, basic addition, subtraction, reading. In Montgomery County, first graders have to make the biggest leap in reading levels. They have to start at a 5, and they need to get up to a 16 by the end of the year. That's really difficult for first grade. So I focus a lot on that, and then, of course, we have our stuff within social studies and science that we can incorporate. The great thing about my school is that we are a project-based learning school. Project-based learning gives options to the kids. They have voice and choice. What do you want to learn? How do you want to present it? Things like that. Because when the students take ownership over what they're doing, they're more motivated they want to come to school, they're engaged, things like that, which is why we did the hockey project last mm -hmm. year. Prior to that, I had done rainforest projects with my kids because there's a brief topic on the rainforest within our curriculum. So they turned my entire room two years ago into a rainforest. There was stuff on the walls, there was stuff in the middle <laughs> of the floor. I had a fake waterfall going on in my room with a blue tablecloth, blue plastic tablecloth. And because I have a humidifier in my room, I turned that oh, on so it looked okay. like mist coming off the, the waterfall and everything like that. And they gave rainforest tours to their parents, staff members, and the other classes in the school. I love project-based learning. I can't talk about that enough. It's <laughs> such a wonderful opportunity for the students and more teachers should be using it in their classroom. This year, the county incorporated a lot more assessments mm -hmm. And all of us teachers are so overwhelmed because, I'm not afraid to say this, we're teaching to the test, we're testing, then we're teaching to the next test and testing. This is too much, especially for my first graders. The state of Maryland has a mandate on 23.3 hours of testing. They want teachers to be held responsible for, hey, you need to make sure your students are learning this, this, and this. But it's having the reverse effect because we have no time to do anything else. And not every kid is a good test taker. I was a horrible test taker. I'm lucky I got into college with my SAT scores. <laughs> you know, I can't imagine how it is for my poor babies, especially because we're supposed to be teaching them in math different ways of solving problems. Whatever works best for you, do it. If yeah. you need to use your fingers, if you need to use the Unifix cubes, if you can just do it mentally, do it the way that works best for you. But on some of the math assessments, we're expected to have them only use one strategy, and it's the strategy that they tell us to. They have to use their fingers. Well, I have kids who can't use their fingers. They know the answer off the top of their head, and then they have to explain it to us. Well, I just know, Mrs. Lynch. So even if they know it mentally and they get the answer right, if they're not using their fingers and they can't explain it to me, I have to market wrong. That's a bummer. I hate that so much. So I had no idea that they were also just trying to gauge process as well as just getting to the answer. 
Right. I always figured that was the point of elementary school. You kind of bombard them with every subject to see which one they kind of like wander to. Mm-hmm. That's how I started to realize I liked history because they did like a whole bunch of social studies and that kind of right. stuff. Those are the things where it's like I kept wanting to talk to those teachers. So yeah. wait, at first grade, do you guys end up using like a lot of songs or stuff like that to help them remember or is it a little bit more playful that It age? depends on the teacher. Mm-hmm. I do. I like to sing. <laughs> I don't know if you realize this. I've been one of the finalists three times yes! to sing the anthem. Keep at it. So I have a YouTube channel. Oh, you do? I do. And so there's a whole mixture of stuff on there. I have a lot of training videos for the Active Inspire flip charts that I touched on earlier. Oh, that's cool. I have a lot of videos I've taken of things related to my teaching. The hockey movie is on there. But then when I go out for karaoke, sometimes I either record myself or someone else records me. So those are on there. Well, very, very recently, one of my current students and one of my former students, who's in third grade, found my YouTube channel. ruh Now, two of my songs on there was like, oh my gosh, I have to take these off. One of them was Redneck Woman. And the other one, it was I'm Done by Jody Messina. Now, there are no bad words in there, but I was in a bit of a bad mood that night. And that song is full of attitude. So I may have stuck up a certain finger at the end of Uh-oh. the video. We talk about celebrity and social media, all these other kind of social Teachers. I don't know anything of the personal lives of any of my teachers from <laughs> elementary school almost all the way through college. If you put in even a little bit of effort, everyone's a Google search away of mm-hmm. seeing what their life is like. Do you think that's a little bit strange for your kids and stuff it's like that? It's a little hard. So I know I keep my Facebook as private as possible in terms of you and I are not Facebook. Facebook friends. So if you looked up my Facebook profile, you could only see my profile picture and my cover picture. Mm -hmm. You can't see who I'm friends with. You can't see what's on my timeline. Nothing. I try to refrain from using curse words on there. And sometimes I will restrict my audience. Like if I don't want a certain group of people to see something I'm posting, I'll limit my audience for them. I also have Instagram. That's private. Twitter's public. So I watch what I say on there. (laughs) Snapchat, you have to request. And I have LinkedIn. But that, I mean, that's so professional that I don't need to keep that. (laughs) I would hope you're not putting things on LinkedIn you wouldn't want a child to see. (laughs) Hopefully my kids don't know what LinkedIn is. I know they know everything else. I know. You feel like the way everyone's having to grow up older and older, it's like there's going to be starting to be like fourth grade curriculum. We'll start your LinkedIn page early. I always like the tech, how tech has changed to the point where it's branched. People are around tech a lot, but it's around tablets. Well, it's funny. So I like to do fun things with my kids. And so we celebrate the 50th day of school with 50s day. And we talk about the 1950s. I tell them about the lack of technology then. And they're always like, (gasps) because, you know, there were maybe five channels that they could watch on TV at that point in time. (laughs) And there were no computers and no internet and things like that. And then I tell them about when I was a kid, I was like, I didn't get a cell phone until I graduated college. And they are looking at me. Their eyes are big. <laughs> I was like, back then, there was no Facebook. We had AOL Instant Messenger. And <laughs> <laughs> People who are still in their 30s can have a back in my day because yeah. there was this balloon of technology where everything just stopped existing. It's like DVDs are ridiculous now. When you have a sub, mm-hmm. what do they put into the TV to watch the movie? Is it a DVD? <laughs> Is it a Blu-ray? Are you guys just hooking up to a school so, Netflix? we have these huge Promethean boards in our room. I have a VCR that I can hook up to the Promethean board to VCR. show video. 
And the kids are like, what's a video? What's a VHS? But it's so funny. Going back to the technology aspect, I record myself giving a pep talk to my students if I'm going to be out. I upload that to Google Drive and give myself <laughs> access to it. And he or she plays the video for them. So I'm like, okay, guys, I'm not here today. And I expect you to listen to oh, that's really cool, Mr. or Mrs. Whomever. I know you're going to do your best job. Don't forget our classroom rules. And like, let's say I have a student that I know is going to misbehave. Be like, I'm watching you. You know that yeah. you need to do your best job. And they're always like, gosh, where is she? Oh, my goodness. So technology definitely has its perks. I feel like using it properly can really be an exciting thing for schools. Right. There's an app called Class Dojo. And when it was first designed, it was used to reward students for positive behavior. Like It gives them a little point. It goes, ding! The kids hear it. There's also the ability to take points away. I use it more for the point system at the beginning of the year to reinforce my rules. And when I don't like taking points away from my students. So when I have to, they don't know I have a dummy account. So I'll go over there. I'll take a point away. They hear the sound and they're like... Who is misbehaving? And I never say a word, but they're like, oh, I better shape up. So that sound really reinforces the behavior. But there's this feature to it called Class Story. It's like a Facebook feed, but only the parents that sign up can see it. And each student, they have their own code. So I can communicate with their parents directly in a private message, or I can post things on the class story for everyone to see. I post almost every day. I'll post things like, don't forget, tomorrow's library day, bring your library books, or hey, there's a delay today, so come in two hours later. But a few years ago when we had the snowstorm and we're shut down for like the whole week, I was like, I don't want them to not be doing anything. So I uploaded flashcards for sight words and addition Mm. and subtraction for the parents. Feel free to use these with your kids while you're off for the week. So things like that, they really appreciate it. And I feel like since that came around, I've been more connected with my parents and we have a better relationship because they know what's going on in class now. Because how many times did you go home and your mom or dad said, hey, what did you learn in school today? I don't know. (laughs) Nothing. So the parents can now know yeah. what's going on and ask them about it. Here we go. Here's a dumb, curious question. I had pogs back in the day. Are fidget spinners still a thing? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My kids have been pretty good about not bringing them in. I've had a few bring them in. I'm like, you know what? Just put it away. Yeah. Or I'll let them play with it during dismissal while they're waiting for their bus to be called. Is there a new fidget spinner I just haven't heard of yet? Like, what's the next craze? Are we are we pre craze? Oh no! But Pokemon is still all the rage with the kids too. Oh, that's awesome! Go that get them, kids. Power Rangers. Yeah, that, those two things never stopped. That's cool. But Power Rangers was better its first couple of seasons <laughs> with that horrible technology and, <laughs> and translating. It was oh, the best. There was a, there was a charm to it back then. Well, that's a lot of fun and. I don't want to forget to bring up, you have a blog, too. I do. Rocking Out in the First Grade. Mm-hmm. Is Rocking Out have to do with music? What do you use with the blog for? I like to have fun with my kids, so we're just constantly rocking out. I play a lot of music with them. We do brain breaks, so they're up and dancing throughout the day. Just goes to show we're having a really good time in first grade. So I will update with things we're doing, like our hockey project, or a few years ago we did a fun Valentine's science experiment. So that's up there, and posted about my deskless classroom on there. 
there for parents to know about. You're giving me a curious look. A deskless? <laughs> yes. W- what? <laughs> I got rid of almost all of the student desks in my room. I have three desks and I have two tables. And I have a bunch of soft seating for the kids to sit on the floor. And it just helps them find their own space to work quietly and get their work done. Or when we're doing these big projects, I don't have to move the desks out of the way. They have enough space on the floor. And I like using floor tape. So last year, I used floor tape to make a hockey rink in my room. We're actually (laughs) in the middle of doing now. For Halloween, I made a spider web, and I printed sight words on spiders. So we played sight word spider game on the spider web with the floor tape. I love it. The kids love it. They have the freedom to work wherever they want. Okay, so that's like a fun little paradigm shift right there. Yes. Don't just use desks because we've always had desks. Right. So you've been teaching for a while, and I don't think this Mm -hmm. has happened yet. How much are you looking forward to teaching a child of one of your previous students? Hmm. How weird will that be? (laughs) It will be weird, especially my first group of students that I ever taught in college right now. Oh, so you're like on the cusp. Yeah, that makes me feel slightly old, even (laughs) though I'm not old. But I think it's going to be interesting. Right now, I'm in that period where a lot of the parents are my age. So Mm. it's, it's kind of... It's weird. It's weird and it's not weird. You know, I don't have kids, so it's interesting to see how they are at my age with kids and me without. Mm -hmm. There's a definite difference between us, so... Yeah. Well, thank you so much for telling me about first grade, teaching, all that stuff. I end every interview with the exact same question. What has you excited? What are you looking forward to this year? Looking forward to seeing the kids' hockey movie and how different it is from last year's. (laughs) Different team. Yes. I think they're going to make it Olympic-themed this year. Oh, that's cool. So none of your kids could be part of the NHL. (laughs) I'm a little bummed about that. And that is the most sports you'll ever hear out of me. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome.